Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, and episode... Fuck, shit, fuck. Leave it, <laughs> leave it, leave it, <laughs> leave it. I'll, I'll keep that, uh... I'll keep that one going, but I'm going to hit that start button again. Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 226th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net, Audio Technica, and those legends over at Manscaped, but more on those guys and gals later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, the GameStop to my AMC, my podcast, Ride or Die, find her on them socials, at Miss Ellie Hart. Hey, doing this Friday afternoon slash Saturday morning, Miss Ellie Hart. What's going on? Doing well, much like GameStop uh, stocks, an emotional roller coaster, right? Like that has been crazy following that this week. It has been what wild. a world we live in. These are these larger than life, crazy film parodies and and uh, you know reimaginings of real life situations are actually playing out right in front of our eyes, and it's. It's it's awesome to see that the little the little person fighting up against oh, these big corporate fat cats Z, and yeah. yeah it's made for some good good watch along uh, have not got any of those stocks myself but uh, it's been a hell of a ride to uh, sit and sort of watch from the background that's for sure <laughs> it's like um I was bringing up before the podcast it's like one of those instances where I think we may have spoken on the podcast about how their stock had gone to an all time low. And, you know, one of those opportunities where we should have uh, probably taken advantage of that little did we know. Yeah. with Bitcoin. Yep. Hindsight uh, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, you know, you got to you got to risk it for the biscuit, as they say. Yep. And uh, you know, I've got I've got a little tiny, tiny little uh, little stack of dog coin that I'm sitting on to see if maybe I can retire on the back of this weird parody crypto that is gaining traction because elon musk has given it some love and a bit yeah. of bit of rub so uh all, all i needed to do is just get to a dollar and then i can pull out and uh have a good chunk of cash unlikely it was it peaked at about 10 cents but uh who knows who knows you know there's there's always a chance you have like this um like really uncanny super villain name now where we could call you the crypto collector like it's <laughs> You seem to just see what's out there and just grab a little, grab a little from each kind, just, just oh, to see yeah. what you know, yeah. <laughs> what succeeds. Yeah, sort of walk, walking down the crypto street and just sort of picking these little crypto flowers, like from a, from each garden bed as I walk through. Like I've even got, I looked in my wallet the other day and I'm like, I've got like some Bitcoin share and stuff like that, like from mm-hmm. a few years ago. And I'm like, oh, you know, torrenting and everything. That could maybe become more of a thing. And 
maybe commoditize this coin, but like it, it never amounted to anything. I had a, have, I've had more misses than hits, that's for sure, with crypto, but uh, mm. you got to be in it to win it. And um, something that we've been very in this week is uh, IO Interactive's new smash hit. We've both been smashing on our uh, Xbox Series X's. The, uh, the beautiful black obelisks. God, they're nice consoles. I love mm. looking at that thing beside my television. It's just, it fits in very nicely with the decor. But uh, Miss Ali Hart, this was your first Hitman experience, if yeah. I am uh, correct, right? That's right. I've never played a Hitman game ever. Um, I'm familiar with it. Like, it's not foreign okay. to me. But um, yeah, I myself never really had a hands-on experience. So this was my first one. This was my cherry pop. So the the cherry has been popped. Uh, will IO have they been looking after you, enjoying your first experience here with uh, Agent Forty Seven and his uh, various uh, creative ways of of killing many a person? I had no idea what I was doing. Um, like, like I I have the basic understanding of you have a target, you have to kill them, don't get caught, you know. Like that basic premise. But what I didn't understand was that there was like all these other things that I was like unlocking and all these other stories that were like happening. And I'm like, wait, am I, am I supposed to do that now? Or am I supposed to like, so I got a bit confused and a little bit flustered. Um, And um, I was pretty good at stealing people's clothes. Like, (laughs) I I give myself a credit to that. Um, But um yeah, and I just kind of got a bit flustered at the start. I wasn't 100% certain how I was meant to be following the story and essentially completing the mission. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. second round, I figured it out. I did watch more playthroughs, so I kind of understood what exactly it was telling me. I, I figure it was giving me ideas of also ways to kill the person, right? Like, they're like, hey, you've heard someone talk about um, Ingram. He likes to play golf. So that's giving you a cue to be like, oh, this is a way you can kill him. I thought it was like I had to go play golf with him or something. Oh, you're like, God damn it. Now God I gotta damn go it, I thought off. I was meant to be killing people. Now I've got to play golf. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a tried and true formula that they've been using for the previous two entries. And and with Hitman 3, it's the it's sort of the, the wrap-up of this trilogy. Uh, so it's the end of this, this Hitman saga that they're talking about. Uh, and okay. I'm with you. Like, I've played... Uh, the previous two in, in this trilogy as well as like the originals from from previous gen as well and the game's great but it can be very daunting it feels like like sort of overwhelming because yeah. it drops you in these massive big living environments like um there's six maps uh in in hitman 3 that you work through and the first one that you drop into you, you drop into like the tallest building in Dubai mm-hmm. and for, it's gorgeous for one. Like mm. when you, you land and you're outside on one of these catwalks and just seeing the reflection of the sunset and like there's people in hot air balloons and you're seeing yeah. all that reflect off this big glass building. Like it is a gorgeous, gorgeous universe that they've they've put together for three. But yeah, all they say is, yeah, you got to go kill these two blokes. Yeah. Uh, how you get there is up to you. What you do on the way to getting there is up to you. Uh, so... That freedom of choice is awesome, but it's it's intense because there's so many different people you meet throughout <laughs> these levels, like just random NPCs that obviously, yeah, you can you can knock down, like knock out or kill if if you're that way inclined, and take their clothing and their access cards and keys and weaponry, whatever they've got on them, uh, to get you into certain areas of the game. And 
it gets intense knowing like, you know, should I be in the, the waiter costume here? Do I change to the bar staff? Do I knock out that guard to get the guard outfit? Do I just walk around in my suit? Do I, you know, all these types of things because when you're not dressed for the area you're in, obviously that triggers a bit of suspect uh, feelings towards you from NPCs. (laughs) Some questionable, like, outfits that should technically work. Like, if I'm a cleaner, I should be able to really go anywhere, right? Like, I'm cleaning, yeah? yeah? I don't know. There's a few times where someone kind of, like, shot at me because I was wearing the wrong clothes. Like, I thought I was wearing staff clothing, so that would give me more accessibility to areas, but I got shot because I was apparently not in where I was supposed to be. Um, Yeah. But... Speaking of like all these things that like kind of like show you and kind of like like just happen in front of you, I went through this whole like father daughter moment, and I'm awkwardly standing there going like, "Why am I experiencing this? Why am I witnessing this very deep and emotional moment between a father and a daughter? It's not like it took me anywhere. There wasn't an opportunity to kill someone there. It was just like I had to just witness a very." you know, emotional moment where a father's talking about leaving his legacy to his daughter. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really well done in that the world feels very alive. Like, yeah. Yeah, every, every, every character you, you walk past or interact with seems to have their own little story. You know, some of them are fleshed out more than others, but mm. just eavesdropping on random conversations <laughs> to get those little nuggets to, to work out other ways to go about about your time like i don't want to don't want to spoil the plot or anything but i think we could probably mention the the sheer amount of creative ways that you can assassinate somebody you know that that's something that this franchise is known for and you mentioned the golfing thing earlier did you go (laughs) past one of the um the maintenance people on the phone and she was talking to her friend about how she made these explosive golf balls so i found the explosive golf ball snuck it into this guy's golf collection and then he likes to yeah go up to the, the i don't know the penthouse driving range or whatever you want to call it and you know tee off and vent some frustration and so he tees off with one of these explosive balls you know assassination successful so right you, you can you can get rid of people in a host of creative ways and fun ways and entertaining ways you know, you could just go YOLO and walk in and shoot them with your gun if you like too. But- I never thought about doing that, but <laughs> not yeah. once. I never thought about it. And then I was going through some of the achievements and it's like, you know, shoot the target. I'm like, yeah. why didn't I ever think of that? I'm holding a gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 the cheapest way to do it, obviously. And, and with that also, then you, you the alarm levels seem to just skyrocket to a thousand and you're hunted and you've got to be as stealthy as you can to get out and you're engaging in a lot of combat mm. and when you are in combat it can be tough like uh it's not the most fluid uh combat systems it's more so designed off stealth and the movement and the controls it is a little bit boxy it's a bit tanky like yeah you, you're not agile you're sort of you're turning circles and stuff like you, you're not really turning on a dime it's more so you're just walking calculated planning your steps out as opposed to being this agile ninja warrior but mm. I think that adds to the tension as well when you are trying to be incognito through these parts and, and you see the little yellow like suspicion bar pop up and you're like, oh shit, someone's looking at me, you got to get around this corner or hide in here. like, And you're just casually just walking through as Agent 47 and like it's it's tense and it adds some great little moment-to-moment uh, situations. <laughs> Is it bad if the camera finds you? 
Because, like, so many times I walk through a camera, it's like, you've been located on a camera. I'm like, okay, but what has that done? No one's after me. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I had a couple of times that occur, but most, for some, for some reason, I must have, like, like my uh, security room just uh, senses naturally seem to always pull me past one of the security officers so I could always turn off the cameras somehow. Like, oh. I found it in so many of the, so many of the, the missions just randomly. Like not like not actively seeking it out. I'd just be cruising around like, oh, security office, pop in there, turn this off, do that, check that info, and then keep going. So yeah, there's so much to do outside of just killing the person. Like all the bits of information you can find in the game and, mm. and the very like you can you can use anything just about in the world as a weapon. Like uh I, I knocked out a person with a soda can. Uh you know, I knocked out some people with a hat like I don't know how it didn't kill them, but it like I passively knocked these people out when I hit them in the temple with a hammer. Uh but because I thought I had the can in my hand still but actually had the hammer from what I picked up like Ooh. 20 seconds earlier. Yeah. But no, right in the middle of the skull and they were just unconscious they weren't dead which was lucky because i'm trying to do like a zero zero kill playthrough outside of the the main assassination targets obviously so i'm just like um yeah just knocking out everybody as i can along the way as opposed to killing them in yeah. very creative ways i didn't kill anyone but then it kept on telling me like you have two unconscious witnesses and i'm like yeah, yeah i know but they're sleeping like <laughs> like yeah. is this bad like <laughs> just just chuck them in a box somewhere or in a putting, cupboard and you'll be right I, well the, i had to put them in the corner like because like there was nowhere to stash them so i just kind of like pushed them in the darkest corner and no one found them <laughs> which was fine but there's just like so many little things like where i feel like I, I kept on getting found out for the most stupidest reasons or whatever. But, like, um, the the creativity on how you can kill people, like, I am at the very start of figuring out what I can do, but the I kept on picking up fruit. I picked up a coconut. I'm like, please let me use this. I want to be able to use this freaking coconut. Um, I hit someone with a banana. Oh, I found the banana too, but I didn't, you know. <laughs> it got to a stage where, like, I, I got maybe too scared of being found out like i'm like there's just too many options so i feel like i took a lot of easy ways out like i used poison and i used um i dropped like something mechanical so um i feel like i took some of the easy way out so i'm looking forward to being more creative i do like that end screen that's like you know tick off of the things that you did so i like that it's giving me an option to be like yeah okay now you have you've done it once do it again and try and unlock these as well so i like that i like that they've added well that they have that kind of element to it so yeah the the replayability on these levels is is one of the strong suits i think with this franchise is that yeah you might have got from point a to point b and, and killed this person but go back and try and do it in another two dozen different ways to get the achievement and get all those check marks done so that's really cool um my favorite mission i won't sort of go into the details of it but there's a mission where you're in uh like a big massive like 24-hour german rave and there's just oh. people everywhere and uh it's it's a really cool sort of change on it because some of the targets are obviously on the dance floor and whatnot and trying to work out how to how to get rid of these people when you're sardine canned in with all these other ravers at like, I don't know, some ungodly hour is really cool. Like it changes up the dynamic from like the hoity-toity uh, English manner that you do in, in the second mission and, and obviously running around in, in uh, Dubai in the first mm. mission. It's it's a nice, nice contrast. But uh, yeah, it's such such a cool world. Agent 47 is just a dude. His voice doesn't match his look. 
I'm going to say that it throws me off every time he talks. I'm like, that. I'm not seeing it connect. It just, in my brain, it just doesn't seem like the right voice to the right body, unfortunately. Um, yeah, no, I can, I get that too. I get that too. They probably could have, they could have just maybe got Timothy Oliphant to voice him. Like he was in the movie. He was in the Hitman movie, which actually wasn't too bad a film. Uh, as far oh, as video game adaptations. Usually shits on that one, I'm pretty certain. Everyone yeah. that usually talks about it. No, I didn't mind it. Didn't I didn't mind, mind it. it. But I've also got like uh, rose, rose-colored glasses on for anything that old Oliphant does too. So maybe it, he gets like a plus two in, in Man Crush that adds <laughs> to the, the score of the of the film. But yeah, yeah it's it's awesome. Uh, it's it's really fun. It's very unlike most of the other games that are that are out or coming out soon. So it is a... It is a very different style of game to play through. Um, And the fact that, yeah, there is only sort of six missions, but they're very focused. And, uh, you know, a mission could take you two, three, four hours, depending on how crazy you want to be running around working out this universe. Yeah, Yeah, like (laughs) it can get tough as far as how you want to to get from point A to point B. And, And I love what IO have done and... Yeah, it's it's gonna be one of the one of the best games I think come come the end of this year as far as reviews and and talking about it and it's it's already in a, a lot of positive light. Like I think most of the scores are you know nines out of tens and things like that. So mm-hmm. it seems to be a good ending to to this franchise. And obviously, IO now they're they're jumping on to uh, James, James Bond, Bond game. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say we'll see a lot of these mechanics and styles translate to to that world as well it's just going to be agent 47 with hair and uh drinking (laughs) cocktails so but uh yeah it's really cool it's really cool uh well recommended uh if you've got some spare cash if you want to pick up a copy it looks gorgeous on uh on new gen Mm -hmm. Uh, i I was constantly amazed by just the the ray tracing seeing just how the the light bounces off and plays in a scene and definitely so cool yeah doing i was doing a bunch of like little you know artsy camera pans in certain moments just because it looked so nice so yeah yeah one one thing that frustrated me though especially on that first mission is um all the like the outside window washer uh motorized scaffolds none of them were working it's like oh. can i just jump on this and go right to the top they're everywhere outside and uh <laughs> yeah you can't move on at all you know you've got a special camera that can hack things it's like can't i hack the motor of this then to move it up nope Nope, I you can't. didn't like that there were certain um, levels where I could be hanging off the edge and he wouldn't drop. I'm like, I I would do it. Like, you're not that far off the ground. Drop, you asshole. But, you know. Yeah. Bit, bit of a sissy. <laughs> bit of a sissy boy. And uh, another game that I've been playing, uh, courtesy of uh, Xbox Game Pass, uh, made by uh, Bloober Team, obviously Xbox or Microsoft exclusive. Talking about the medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's... Getting some mixed reviews out there, yeah. and I can understand why. Uh, oh. I'm enjoying it, though. Don't get me wrong; like I'm not here to poo-poo on it. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, I'm, I think I'm about five five hours in or so. It's it's from what I hear, it's maybe about an eight to nine uh, hour runtime. So okay. I'm I'm deep enough. Uh, I I really like it. I enjoy. I think what I enjoy about this game the most is sort of the like the nods to old silent hill like especially with sort of the the dual reality and things like that it's it's very much like the original silent hill game so it's got this nice real eerie 
uncomfortable ambiance about it uh the, the two worlds the the real and the spirit world that you navigate uh whether it be individually sometimes simultaneously where it'll give you the split screen and you can see wow. what's happening in the real world and then what's happening in this uh decrepit hotel you're running around in is really cool graphically it's awesome the sound is great uh troy baker does really well in his uh in his role uh very very eerie very unnerving it's it's got a real classic horror vibe to it this game uh but it's sort of taken some of the liberties from a lot of these current day horrors where there's no combat it's hiding and trying to outsmart your enemy and puzzles and stuff like that so there's no medium powers you know you're not shooting mind bullets out of your head or whatever it is it's it's a lot of uh uh trying to to outsmart the enemy in front of you and get around it so uh yeah like i I like that i like that feeling of helplessness in a horror game because you're already on edge playing a good horror game but when you can't attack and you've got to hide or try and you know slink your way around enemies it just adds this extra layer of uh like tense and atmosphere over yourself which which i'm all about (laughs) yeah Uh, i'd rather do that than confront them yeah that's true so you sort of indirectly confront some enemies just by 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 skulking around and, and you know using the environment and and solving puzzles like uh like sort of in that vein of old resident evil games and silent hill games there's a lot of a lot of cool puzzles that you've got to work your way through and, and they use uh, in certain areas as well, like the old sort of fixed Resident Evil fixed cameras. So mm. you're going into an area and the camera's locked and you've just got to navigate that that space to try and uh, work your way through and, and get Marianne through. Uh, she does have um, some powers, but I won't talk about what they are without spoilers, but um, you know, you've got this inside ability that sort of, if you want to compare it to like the detective mode or the tech division from like the batman arkham games oh yeah sort of like that to help you solve solve your way through but uh yeah i uh i'm I'm digging it i'm digging it like i love a good horror game and i love the old survival horror games and that's what this game is in a sense just lacking maybe some of the polish from those games like it's it's done well the mood is great it's got a really cool score uh, which actually done by um, Akira Yama- Yamaoka, I think you pronounce it, mm. who actually uh, scored the original Silent Hill games. So you yeah. can sort of see that continuity uh, from from that sort of sound into this vibe. The hotel, like the the, the dilapidation and just this rundown, busted ass place, has got a really cool mood, and it encompasses, I guess, all the bad stuff that's happened in these walls. It's really really great in that um, aspect. Aesthetically, it's gorgeous. The sounds great. The movement is a little bit old tanky, like uh, like in those old throwbacks. So yeah. it's kind of cool that it scratched this nostalgia itch in a way, even though it is a new release game. Uh, it just doesn't have some of the polish that I guess I was hoping for. Like it's maybe a like a five and a half to six out of ten, maybe. Like I'm oh, I'm enjoying it. That's um, low for like how content you sounded with it so yeah i think i think yeah let's 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 say a six ish maybe six and a half maybe i'm being a little bit too harsh like thinking about it like i've only been playing it last last sort of uh day or two but i've I've been enjoying it so maybe i'm being a little bit aggressive on that score but let's go like a six six and a half i think that's probably more in line with with where my heart's telling me but um yeah, cool creatures, cool ghosts, cool themes, uh, 
decent characters uh nothing nothing sort of feels too watered down it's it's got some huge moment to moment situations in the game um the voice acting's great the soundtrack's great so yeah maybe maybe i'm being too mean maybe uh, i need another coffee to pep myself up a little bit but uh possibly yeah it's cool it's cool it's sort of like a reimagining of the old classics but just uh and just la- lacking a couple of things to maybe push it over the edge but mm-hmm. uh i'm digging it i'm digging it um i think you might enjoy it i know you're not huge on the horror games and you get a bit scared but mm-hmm. maybe give it a look maybe give it a I look i mean it's on game pass so i ca- I, ca- I can afford to give it a look at least give it a try mm. yeah i think so i think so like um yeah, Bloober team are doing well. Like, obviously, they did the Layer of Fears game and uh, Observer and stuff like that. So, shifting from those games to the third person, it seems to have worked for them. And it seems uh, that they've got a potential cool franchise here that they could have some fun with in the future. But, um, yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah, disregard my, my five and a half. <laughs> let's, let's go with a good six and a half, I'm feeling, okay. upon uh, immediate reflection. So, no, I think that's a good score. Yeah, I think it's that's not too fair. bad. Not too bad. Yeah, no, I love. I just love a good horror game, and um, this game's uh, what? What was the metric we used for the movies? Was it just okay? It's okay. Was that the it, metric? We yes, used for- yeah. So for Wonder Woman, where it's like it's passable, like it's it's good for one watch. So I guess you could say this game is good for one playthrough. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, like yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the metric. It's fine. And yeah, just um, we're starved of a lot of horror games or a lot of we good really horror are. games made with a big budget. And this one, there seems to be a lot of love and care from Bloober Team involved. And it's nice to see uh, not only Xbox get an exclusive that is pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's a six and a half. Disregard my other score. It's a six and a half. Scrap the five and a half I said. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I just it's got a really cool mood and really good vibe to it. Mm. It's the vibe. It's Marbo. It's Marbo, baby. <laughs> All right, but that's uh that's what we've been up to. Unless there's anything else you wanna wanna highlight, anything you've been watching or else you've been playing or doing. No, still just chugging through uh, Breaking Bad. Hell so, yeah. Where are you up to? We just finished season three. So <sighs> yeah. It's like yes. for everyone who um messaged me on Twitter when I said I was gonna start watching it and you all said, you know, you're, you're lucky you get to experience it for the first time. It's amazing. You're going to love it. I even got a really good bit of advice of like, it, I know that there's going to be some slow areas. Just push through it. Trust me. That's good advice to me. Someone knew me very well because if things go slow, I usually do like kind of back out. But yeah, like this show has been amazing. I'm abs- I love it. I can see why it gets, you know. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves it. So I can I yeah. can see why. Brian Cranston as Walter White is just it's it's the best role that he's ever played. Like maybe maybe some people have got a, a bit of adoration to him as the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, but uh, you know, seeing him in these dramatic turns, like he is so great in in this role and it's one of the best television series of all time. Yeah. For, in in my opinion, and no doubt many, many, many others. It was actually Jesse was the one where it was um I'm like, I'm looking at him I'm like what have I seen him in? Like, I know I've recognized him from something and I was looking at what he'd been in and what he'd been in since. And I'm like, what is it? He was in a corn music video. 
<laughs> That's really? where I recognized him from. Wow. Yeah. Thoughtless. <laughs> One of the more albums that people don't like of Korn, but I actually liked that song. Um, and yeah, so he's in the music video for Thoughtless by Korn. And yeah. Wow. I did not expect that, but like, then immediately thinking about him, like, yeah, he looked like he'd be in a corn. Yeah, he looks like, like he'd totally a, be in a corn. That's not a shot, but like, yeah. He's not a shot, I still vibe. like corn. Yeah, they're still kicking around. Yeah. Still kicking. Jonathan Davies and co. still uh, making a traumatic new metal about, uh, <laughs> you know, childhood experiences and all that kind of stuff in their 40s. Yeah, yeah. mid-late 40s now. Yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah. I, I love them. Back back in the the nineties, early two thousands turn, they were they were one of the bands. Everyone was, everyone was all about Corn. Everyone was all about that Follow the Leader they, album. They have to get some credit. They were a band that were playing a non like mainstream traditional sound, but they made it. They made it into the mainstream, and it's a big deal. It's a lot of credit to them. <laughs> yeah, them and them and Limp Brisk, uh, Limp, them and Limp Biscuit broke through into yeah that mainstream and were on the the Aria charts and you know the Billboard charts and stuff mm-hmm. with that significant other album and the Follow the Leader album. And yeah. they, they were popping off. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of popping off, uh, be sure to head on over to kofi.com forward slash We Are Eight Bit because uh, that little community there is growing nice and steadily. So thank you for everyone that has jumped in and supported us over there already uh, if you haven't that's fine if you'd like to that's also fine but uh when you're doing sh- doing that obviously you're going to get access to a heap of exclusive perks you're going to get early access to several of the mainstream 8-bit podcasts as well as access to the is this thing on podcast which is a podcast sort of the show before the show in essence so uh before we officially go live on a hungry gamers or what have you uh we're going to hit record beforehand and just just riff and see what comes out of it. it's unscripted uh it's just sort of free form discussion about whatever whenever however and uh it's only living on kofi.com forward slash we are 8 bit uh, it's never going to be released on those mainstream podcast rss feeds so if you want to be listening to that be sure to uh subscribe to us over there uh the 8-bit family portrait for 2021 has officially commenced uh this year's theme obviously is star wars so if you wanted to get yourself immortalized as your favorite or maybe least favorite star wars character just maybe for shits and favorite. giggles <laughs> maybe your, your favorite, favorite doesn't fit too well yeah maybe maybe but if you want to have some fun and become your own version of jabba the Hutt or chewbacca we can mm. do that for you 50 bucks australian singular cost and you'll get yourself an uh, individual avatar of yourself uh, sort of blended with this character of choice. And then once the uh, the, the group shot is finished uh, at the back end of the year, you'll get the finalized group shot. We can obviously give you the, the in progress to where it is once your avatar is done, but I think it's probably best to wait till it's all filled and populated by the end of the year. So if you want to get on, in on that, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit and just check out the commissions tab in there. Uh, on that front as well, also got our 8-bit founders coins uh, live on there too. Uh, and that is a coin that uh, once once they're, once they're sold out or distributed, that is it. We're not going to re-release these. These are a very exclusive founders coin. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the proof that we received looks phenomenal. They're actually going into print or press, I think, today or tomorrow. So we'll have them back in our hot little hands in the next couple of weeks. And once we get the photos of the finished coin, We'll share those around, but uh, yeah, you can get one of those uh, shipped to you anywhere in the world uh, for the low, low price of around 25 bucks. Mm. 
Um, you know, I, th- I th- do you think that's a fair price? I think it's I think a fair for price a for coin, a, 25 buckaroos. a little bit of a 8-bit limited edition exclusivity. Yeah, something to yeah, hold on like, to. Yeah, like, um, you know, this is the start of our uh, of our currency taking over the world, you know. If GameStop <laughs> and things can do it, uh, the, the 8-bit the 8 8 bit, uh, coin. Yeah, 8-bit coin. Um, you know, it's uh, there's hope for us yet. We just need to get uh, a notable celebrity to get on board and put it in their Twitter bio or share it. So we'll have to pull our resources yeah. to see who we know Stop that's got some celebrities. clout. <laughs> yeah. Can we interest you in some 8-bit coin? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 8-bit coin. <laughs> what are you selling? 8-bit coin, baby. So, yeah, get in on those. Uh, we will have some more commissions dropping throughout the year with exclusive merch. On the topic of merch, obviously, shop8bit.net to check out our new sexy merch store. Uh, obviously, we mentioned a few weeks ago, it's going more sort of a, a streetwear general fashion as opposed to just those generic gaming shirts, just to break it up a little bit. You know, that way you can wear this to a date. You could maybe wear it to work. You could wear it in the streets. You could wear it in the sheets. You could wear this wherever you like. And uh, look and feel good uh, with some exclusive 8-bit swagger. So, uh, yeah, check that out. And uh, once you're done checking that, obviously, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the podcasts from the 8-Bit Podcast Network or the other podcasts you just listen to on the reg because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on. In our hearts means an awful lot. Costs you nothing apart from a little bit of time. And, yeah, just just makes the world a better place, you know. Lift those up around you share the love, pay it forward, all that kind of stuff. But let's get moving. Now, Miss Hart, mm. have you ever wondered how Agent 47 keeps that body of his sleek and hairless like a sexy stealth missile? Have I? Well, the Perfect Package 3.0 kit by Manscaped is how, Miss Hart. Everyone's favourite assassin works closely with the purveyors of Perfect Pubic Hair and it all starts with the Lawnmower 3.0 is complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology. This thing is like wielding a garrote and your crotch fro won't even hear you coming. It also comes with an assortment of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant that will keep you incognito in the tensest of situations. This is a total game changer that allows you to take down your target in a host of ways while staying cool, calm and collected. Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that adds a nice layer of sheen and protection for your famous barcode. The perfect package also comes with a handy travel bag, disposable shaving mats to hide that unconscious waiter that you just stripped naked, and a set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is a perfect package for your per- perfect package. And listeners, you can get 20% off and free shipping using the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember, people, nobody wants a dirty, dusty, broken phallic controller. This week's news headlines... Miss Hart gets Sonic a strepsil because he has lost his voice. Yes, that's right. Roger Craig Smith's stint as Sonic the Hedgehog seems to be over, at least according to a slightly vague Twitter post. Earlier this week, Smith tweeted, 
10 years has been an amazing run, adding some blue hearts and hedgehog emojis to give a little hint as to what the post was about. Much love to the fans who've been so kind. It's been an honor. Onward to new zones. Hmm. So, uh, Roger Craig Smith, he's out of here. He's got to go fast somewhere else, maybe to the unemployment line because ah. uh, Sonic and Sega are done. He's a Batman him. voice, isn't he? He's yeah, I think he does Batman. a Batman voice. He, yeah. he does a lot of voices. Like He's not short of uh, roles and opportunities. But, yeah, I was uh, going to say, I don't think he's in the unemployment line yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> he actually posted something today, being Friday, um, just saying thank you to all the love that he actually received after doing that post. Uh, I'm curious who the new voice of Sonic will be. Do you reckon um, they'll be going for the voice of the Sonic in the movies now? Is it Ben Schwartz? I think so. I, it, make, it makes sense. That way you've got continuity between mm. the first movie, the sequel that's getting worked on, the impending Sonic the Hedgehog games and crossovers. Having that same recognition through the entire world would, would make sense. Mm. Would make sense to me. Because he does voices on DuckTales. So he's very familiar with voicing cartoon characters and whatnot and obviously doing the character in the movie. So I guess, yeah, maybe he's being given the role full time, yeah. I guess. He's the, he's the be all and end all of all things uh, Sonic. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Sonic and Jim Carrey and uh, James Marsden uh, in the inevitable Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie. And, uh, yeah, on old and upwards, Roger Craig Smith, we wish you well and... Uh, yeah, no doubt it's not going to be the last we see or hear of him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Sonic is going to be around until we're all long since dead. But, uh, yeah, Love it. it's not a bad thing. You love Sonic. He's he's your boy. He's mine. He's the one I grew up with. No plumber. No plumber. No plumber for me. Wouldn't surprise me if this next company owns an assortment of plumbing paraphernalia. Uh, Chinese tech company Tencent continues to increase their gaming reach. This time it sees them investing 30 million euros into the French studio behind Life is Strange and Tell Me Why. We're talking about Don't Nod. This wave of funding is to help it realize its, in quotes, self-publishing ambitions. As part of the deal, Tencent will be able to fill a seat on Don't Nod's board of directors. And here's a quote from the Don't Nod CEO. We are delighted to welcome Tencent as a Don't Nod investor. Uh, Chairman Oscar Gilbert said... This is a real expression of trust from a key online game leader, which is behind a number of success stories and has invested in several leading companies in the video game industry. Through this partnership, Don't Not is perfectly positioned to take advantage of the various growth drivers in the video game industry, in particular in China and on mobile platforms, in cooperation with an industry leader. The capital increase announced earlier this week will enable us to step up and boost the rollout out of, of our development plan, which aims to capture more value from our original creations by self-publishing more games, end quote. So it's awesome. I'm always happy to see smaller or independent studios uh, find their footing and, and get more exposure and have more freedom to, to build these worlds and characters and titles that they like, mm. but Tencent, like you know, they're they're involved in everything. They, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't own half of me by now. Like, uh, you know, they they are one of the biggest companies in the world, and they are just, you know, they've got their their fingers in every single pie. So yeah, that's like a bit, ooh, but at the same time, uh, it's it's cool to see Don't Nod getting a bit more cash and hopefully add a bit more polish. Like Life is Strange and Tell Me Why and and, and those games. They're great uh, from a from a narrative and a character 
acting point of view, but the worlds themselves aren't always the highest level of detail. The character models don't always look, I guess, as awesome as they could. So maybe this chunk of cash, as well as another portion they got from this wave of funding, might take these experiences to another level. Mm. I'm like, like you said, I'm always for like certain companies being like, you know, under the, under the care of a higher earner and, you know, being able to receive, I guess, some level of stability in the industry. But Tencent, like Tencent is notorious for being in the news for, you know, bad behaviors, bad practices and dodgy kind of situations and whatnot. So it's kind of interesting that um, don't nod, don't nod with the game franchises that they have, which are very, you know, very wholesome and very grounded working with a group like Tencent. It's, it, mm. it just threw me off a little bit, but I mean, as long as they've got the security that they need and they don't get, I guess, tainted by any of the, you know, possible future issues that, you know, comes the way of Tencent, then I mean, more power to them, I guess. Yeah, like uh, it'd be interesting to see how how it plays out, and and I'd say don't nod for the most part. We'll just keep doing their thing, working autonomously, just mm-hmm. with a bit of bit of uh, Chinese influence in the back end. But you know, talking about breaking into the into the Chinese market and mobile platforms, that's that's obviously ten cents biggest strengths. Yeah. So it could lead to more eyes and experiences on their products and and IP. So it could be a win win. But yeah. Tencent's got, as you said, such like a dirty name out there. The <laughs> things they do and yeah. or things they're not doing, and yeah, it's it's just the rich getting richer, really. You know, they they cannibalize a lot of the market. They buy up so many studios or buy portions of so many studios and, and gaming and tech companies. It's insane. Like you look at the list of things that they they've got partial ownership or stake in, and they're in everything. It's yeah. insane. It is insane. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it all goes well for Don't Nod. So, Miss Hart, uh, would you like to toss a coin to your Witcher while doing 200 kilometers an hour down the M1? Well, you can. Okay. That dream will soon become a reality thanks to Tesla's soon-to-be-released refreshed versions of the Model S and X. Following on from uh, those fantastic Xbox naming conventions there. I love it, uh, Tesla, even though the Tesla models, they were out for a while. Uh, both models shall be equipped with gaming hardware supporting up to 10 teraflops of processing power which theoretically puts these cars within the ballpark of a new generation console. For example, the PlayStation 5 is around 10.25 teraflops in power. The new Model S and X are fitted with hardware to power Tesla Arcade, an in-game, an, an, uh, an in-car gaming system that is already available in current Tesla models. The difference is that previous models are only able to run less demanding games such as Cuphead and Cat Quest, second one I've never heard of, well, the promotional materials for the new Tesla models show the Witcher 3 displayed on the 17-inch central console. This suggests a significant step up for the ga- uh, the car's gaming potential. Um, righto. Uh, Elon Musk. I'm not complaining, but righto, what are you doing? Uh, he's a bit of a quack. Um, uh, didn't he also mention that you can play Cyberpunk? He did. I'm almost he certain did. he said you can play Cyberpunk. He's actually he's actually said a few mean things about like the game crashing and stuff like that. Where he's, I think he said the game can crash before your car crashes or something like that. So, Whoa. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> these um the the playing games in a Tesla like 
I like I get it and then I also don't get it you are paying for a novelty like the the Tesla can be quite the novelty car um the things mm-hmm. that he throws in there like he's a, just a big dork and he's obviously every time he does it he just says why the hell not and he does it so I mean I wouldn't be angry at it if I had a Tesla and it's like and he's like now you can play video games in it I'm like okay cool the Witcher though on like a little screen like the screen's not little yeah. little but it's like I don't know. Like it is, it is sort of like two, two and a bit times the size of a switch screen. So mm. you know, I guess. But it's just as you said, it's just Musk doing Musk things. Like it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if he incorporates his flamethrower technology into like the back mufflers. So when you hit the gas soon, it like <laughs> shoots out fire out the back of the car or yeah. something. Like he's he's a he's a full grown kid. And he's got that much money, he can just do whatever the hell he wants, whenever the hell he wants. And this is just another example of that, like Tesla Arcade. Yeah, I, I want to play my game sometimes while I'm while I'm driving my car. Well, I can do it because I'm going to build this and put it in these cars. Oh, so, FYI, yeah. like just so people know, you can't play the game while you're driving. Like yeah. it's yeah. usually when you're in like stationary, like in yeah, park. That would lead to lead to many many accidents, <laughs> many lawsuits. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, apologies for the misleading headline there, but I thought it uh, was the best way to explain it in an incorrect way. All right, the next one, Tomb Raider and Chill. Netflix and production company Legendary are working on a Tomb Raider animated series. The announcement was made by the streaming giant on Twitter this week with the series to focus on Lara Croft's adventures after the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy, which was released between 2013 and 2018. The series will be penned by Tasha Hua, who's also behind Netflix Witcher prequel Blood Origin. They will also act as executive producer alongside Jacob Robinson, president of animated focus production company Tractor Pants. Also joining as executive producers are the production company behind the Sonic the Hedgehog film. So, uh, Tomb Raider animated series. uh, Okay, like we also got a a King Kong animated series announcement this week on Netflix as well. Uh, Also the debut of the, the... Godzilla vs. Kong trailer, mm-hmm. which just looks all kinds of bananas, but I'll still go to the cinemas and watch it because I'm a sucker. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Tomb Raider animated series, it could be kind of cool. I mean, you it reckon? Could, Are you it in? Could be. It. I guess it depends what kind of tone they go for, um, and also maybe what how stylized it is. Like, C- can you imagine if they went to like the OG PlayStation graphics and she's like good old you know, square chested and all blocky and stuff like that? Like that would be phenomenal. I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah, I mean, like she's adventurer, treasure hunter. So you know, femme Indiana Jones. So. Will it be gory? Will it be risky? Like, poor, like, Lara Croft has had a rough run in, you know, trying to get her on the, like, big screen, small screen. Like, the movies, personally, I don't feel did her justice when you had Angelina Jolie. And then, obviously, the recent um, version, which I don't think got much of a great write-up. Yeah, it was the most recent one with, um... Alicia Vikander playing Lara Croft. She did well in the role and they pretty much just took liberties from the like the recent films, uh, recent games and chucked it in the film and, and they, they executed some of it pretty well, but overall they yeah, was it wasn't perfect, but it was it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. I think that the <laughs> most recent one was better than the Angelina Jolie ones. Like I think they probably get a pass just because everyone was obsessed with Jolie is as, as Croft. Like yeah, I think, it was, that was know, her time. Was 
That was yeah, there, the time of Jolene. Yeah. So everyone just sort of gives it a little bit of a pass because uh, everyone's just hypersexualized about these two characters coming together, you know? So, mm. yeah, but it could be cool. I'll, I'll watch be. it. Like, and tonally, like, the, the most recent games have been a lot more grounded and gritty and dark. So if it is a bit more of an adult-themed uh, animated show, I'd be, I'd be keen to give it a spin. Yeah, I, I think I would be more appreciative if it did go down a more adult route. Um, I'd like it if there was like some kind of like mystery to it, like if they really went down like a mystery route, um, mm-hmm. throw some twists in there. But I mean, time will tell. They they're boasting that this person's the same person that's working on The Witcher, um, uh, Blood Origin, or Orange Origin, <laughs> Blood Orange. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we still don't have much to show for that either. So yeah. yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. It's just uh, Netflix just getting everything. Everything getting chucked on the they're, Netflix. They're pretty horny right now. And I guess oh, while everyone's yeah. home, might as well keep churning stuff out. 100%. 100%. And uh, the next sort of uh, game to screen adaptation news, uh, Kevin Hart to star alongside Kate Blanchett in Borderlands. So, yes, Kevin Hart is joining Borderlands in the cast of the film, a movie adaptation of the popular video game. Obviously, uh, for, for everyone that's played it, uh, Hart will be playing Roland, a skilled ex-soldier turned mercenary in the Lionsgate film. Eli Roth, whose resume includes The House with a Clock in Its Walls and Bruce Willis-led action thriller Death Wish, is directing Borderlands. I'm a bit upset they don't mention um, Hostel. Yeah. I, was, I think that is the Eli Roth I, film. That's the first thing I think of when I think of Eli Roth. So to, to really just cancel out Hostel, maybe because of the content. <laughs> Maybe yeah, they don't want to pretty hectic. scare people away. Pretty hectic. Yeah, I love those movies yeah. though. Yeah, me too. The first one, the second one, like it's still okay, but the first one. Are you kidding? It- I love the second one. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> they made me scared to travel for a long time. Oh yeah, I'm I like, would I'm nev- never go anywhere by myself. Never stay in a hostel. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, the second one was still pretty badass. There was a baller yeah. move in that one. Oh, pun intended, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's some scenes in it like they don't they don't shy away from showing the violence and the pain. It's not like where you just they cut to the facial expression of this the serious pain. Blood it's not, you see, no, you see it. Yeah, you see what's going on there. Um, yeah, peak peak Roth. Like the house with the clock and its holes. I actually really enjoyed that movie with Jack Black and Kate Blanchett. It had sort of some real like goosebumps vibes to it. Just yeah. but. Uh, I've never watched Death Wish, but yeah, he's directing Borderlands and he says he's thrilled to be working with Kevin. Borderlands is a different kind of role for him and we are excited to thrill audiences with a side of Kevin they've never seen before. He's going to be an amazing Roland. So does this mean they're going to try and take out what Kevin Hart does best and that's sort of just the the loud sort of comedy and, um, you know, that kind of thing he does? Because I just pictured him playing the same sort of role he's done for Jumanji in this yeah. but now they're saying it's going to be different like they're going to try and dial him back i doubt it and yeah, full disclosure so I. I just don't like kevin hart and things because he does just play the same character like loud angry like you know always going off about something and it's just it's the same thing and it kind of like just yeah rubs me the wrong way in a movie so to see that he's going to be in this um I don't know. I hope. No, I guess they're pushing him as a mainline kind of character cast. So 
he's going to probably be in it throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Well, they've got two of, I guess, the four main roles filled. Uh, only five, I guess, if you count Claptrap. And uh, then we're going to see what's happening as far as who the uh, the main antagonist is going to be. If they're going to go with Handsome Jack or if they're going to go with someone else, don't know. But yeah, Kate Blanchett and uh, Kevin Hart are making their way to, to Pandora mm. to uh, hunt, hunt for some vaults. But anyway, let's let's move on. And uh, no, Miss Hart, you may not cop a Johnny Silverhand in the back of a Rayfield Caliburn. Dang. A Subpunk 2077 mod that allowed players to swap models and have sex with characters based on real-world likenesses, such as Keanu Reeves, has been removed. The mod let players swap characters into explicit sex scenes who usually shouldn't be there, such as Keanu Reeves' as Johnny Silverhand and the game's antagonist, Adam Smasher. In a statement issued to Eurogamer, CD Projekt Red said that they broadly permit modders to tweak the game at will and have fun when it comes to the characters the studio has created for the game. But for the characters based on real people, the studio is taking a different stance. When it comes to models of real people whom we've asked to participate in the game, we kindly ask you to refrain from using them in any situation that might be found offensive if you don't have their explicit permission. Permission will have to be sought from the likeness and in brackets and other concerned parties before modders and players create or use these explicit mods or else they will be taken down. City Project Red clarified further telling Eurogamer, our most important rule regarding user-generated content, game mods in particular, is that it can't be harmful towards others. In the case of model swaps, especially those that involve explicit situations, it can be perceived as such by the people who lent us in their appearance for the purpose of creating characters in Cyberpunk 2077. The model swap mod is no longer available and clearly any future iterations of such mods will be promptly removed by the studio. Earlier this past week, CD Projekt Red began releasing official modding tools for the community to tinker with. And uh, yeah, no sexy mods. No uh, no sleeping with uh, Keanu. It's not happening. Not allowed. I just had to laugh because of where the article was going. It was like, yeah, you know, don't try to sleep with Keanu because he didn't, you know, obviously allow like that experience. You know, he didn't lend himself to that. But then they just decided to also add um, Adam Smasher in there. And I'm like, Mm. who's modding so you can, you know, smash Adam Smasher? I mean, each to their own, but. (laughs) Yeah, he's a very, very intimidating character. Like, Mm. uh. And I don't know how much sexy time will be going on with him because mostly he's made out of machinery. Yeah, so uh, someone's getting hurt. Whether whether you're the top or the bottom, you, you're going to be coughing pain. Like uh, it would not Fresh be a pleasurable meat. experience. Um. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a great introduction to him. Yeah, like, I was like, I was kind yeah. of like irked when that happened. But anyway, um, I yeah, also very creepy. I well, I appreciate CD Projekt Red doing this because um. Uh, people like uh, Ellen Page, or you know, they had the experience where uh, what was the game that they were in? Uh, not heavy, not heavy rain. It wasn't heavy rain. It was the one, maybe the one after it. But either yeah, either way, her called? character model, um, their character model was in there, and unfortunately, modders took advantage and made the character model naked and did pretty uncool things without getting the okay and it was you know it was kind of frowned upon it was modders can be a bit too liberal with um certain mods and they just think that they if they can do it they should do it without really thinking about how you know once it gets out there it's very confronting so 
Beyond Two Souls was that the was game it. Yeah. that uh, old uh, Elliot Page was in. Yeah. Yeah, like um, I understand it because yeah, when when these when these actors sign up to lend their likeness and voices to these games, they don't sign up with the intention to then potentially be thrown into crazy situations like this. So yeah. I understand. It. I completely get what um City PR are doing here. It's cool that they have opened up this modding tool functionality for the game. So we are going to see a lot of crazy, quirky things done to, to Night City and the characters within. But we're also seeing a lot of cool quality of life enhancements. Like there's um, improvements to the graphical uh, universe. There's improvements to the customization you can do to your V and stuff like that. So there is some cool stuff starting to come out uh, from these modding tools getting shared around with the community. But yeah, sadly, just uh, no sexy time with with the leads. You can you can sleep with everybody else, but just not Keanu and Adam Smasher and anyone else that has signed in as an as an official character. Mm. So uh, yeah, yeah, no no crazy uh, tantric tank sex with uh, with Neo tantric at the moment. Tantric tank sex. Yeah. Have you finished the game yet? Because that patch has got you working again, doesn't it? Or you haven't been back? Uh, I haven't returned because the patch didn't do anything for a lot of my stuff. I went through it all oh, and everything was still the damn. same. And I'm like, mm. but there's been another patch, right? So I have, yeah, I've yet to check that. So Yeah. Fingers crossed. Too Fingers crossed. Too busy like making people naked in Hitman. Yeah. Too busy playing around with explosive golf balls. But uh, yeah, the, the last bit of news, it's sort of uh, nothing more than a bit of strong hearsay and a rumor mill, but it's pretty exciting. Uh, there's potentially a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game in development and it's not attached to EA and or Bioware. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's reportedly in the works and it's not being developed by EA and Bioware, obviously the studio behind the original game. Uh, as reported by VGC, this latest rumor comes courtesy of credited Star Wars insider Best Spend Bullet- Bulletin who spoke on a recent B.O.B., the podcast episode, about this project that is said to be in development outside of EA and that will, in quotes, never guess who the studio is that's making this game. We'll have a guess in a second. Amongst my digging, I heard that there is a Knights of the Old Republic project in development somewhere, Bespin Bulletin said. I talked to a couple of people and I also found out that Jason Schreier said that it's not with EA and we'll never guess who the studio is making the game. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier had previously spoken on a potential KOTOR project, both on Reset Era and Twitter. And his words echo Bespin Bulletin's comments. Furthermore, Wushu Studios' Nate Nadja also took to Reset Era in response to, to this to say, it's not as mysterious as you think. It's just not a household name most people are aware of. Hmm. So a bit of KOTOR, maybe uh, yeah, back back into these fantastic games uh one one of the classics from the og xbox days uh, i cannot wait to see what happens here some more darth revan action i don't know where they're gonna go with this bringing maybe him into the mainstream canon i don't know but i'm excited uh if you're gonna if you're gonna throw a, a dart at the studio that's making this game who you got i don't like these like very ambiguous like comments and statements like it's not a household name that you would be aware of but it's not as mysterious as you think like i that just throws me around because like then it's like it's not it's obviously not one of the big ones but you've heard it before i don't know like i honestly can't think about who they could be referencing to 
I'm going to say Obsidian. You That's where I'm going to go. So, like, they're a big name. They're household, I think. You know, they've had success in the RPG world with The Outer Worlds and Fallout New Vegas and a host of other games. I'm going to say Obsidian are making this. Just, just for, just for the shits and giggles. They're, they're, a, they're a big studio, but not the same size as a Bioware and what have you. Uh, but they've got experience in building science fiction RPGs, so that's where I'm gonna say. That's fair. I wonder um, graphically what route they're going to go. If they're going to go down, you know, super realistic. You know, trying their best to make, you know really detailed characters or if they might would go down like a semi cartoonish route maybe you know a la clone wars animated series style mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I honestly can't think who they might be alluding to just because of how stupid the wording about it's not as mysterious they're not a household name but you are aware of them blah 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 it's like yeah, well, then who so the fuck vague is it? <laughs> yeah. and maybe to yeah. you like <laughs> So. Yeah, it's but it's exciting because uh, KOTOR has some of the best Star Wars storytelling in any Star Wars game ever made. Like there's some moments in, in that narrative that just blow you away. Like I'm not saying anything more than that because they're games that you need to experience oh, yourself. Yeah. And if we're getting a third one, holy guacamole, or even if it's just a rebuild of the number one from the ground up, and they're going to sort of try and relaunch the series for, for current gen. Fucking hell yeah. Like, yeah, the reason for anyone out there maybe doesn't understand the hype for these games. I know for me personally, these games were always a great uh, leg into the Star Wars, you know, universe that you couldn't access through, like, I guess if you weren't a book reader. I guess that was one way that you could, mm-hmm. you know, furthermore your education of the Star Wars universe. But outside of the movies... These games were always a great way to build up knowledge in the universe of Star Wars that was not just strictly set to the Star Wars movie universe. So that's why these games are pretty, pretty cool, pretty important, and they were just overall great games to play. So, hundred percent, and it, and it got you out of the mainline, you know, Skywalker sagas. <sighs> like this is set Skywalker many, drama. many, 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 many years before all that. So it's kind of cool to sort of see what happened before vader and co mm. so um yeah it's, it's really exciting so I'm, I'm keen like this sounds like it's going to be a bit more of a a long-term thing that's many years down the road but it's still cool to to hypothesize about what they're going to do and who's going to make it but i'm uh i'm i'm throwing the dart and i'm going to say obsidian are behind this as my studio so let's see if that comes true whenever we get some future announcements you gotta throw you gotta throw one in the in the hat in the ring come on Oh, no, I've got no one. I honestly have got no one. But isn't isn't Obsidian currently working on a like a fantasy right now and fantasy RPG? Yes, they are. But uh, maybe they're working on a few. No, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess no. There's no rule to say that they can't work on you know multiple projects. It's it's just weird. Like that, not a household name. Most people are aware of. So you you know that'd squash your your rock stars and all the, all the big line studios. Mm. Um, but I, but Obsidian is kind of a household name too. That's- I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stick with that for now. <laughs> <sighs> too much pressure. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of Brittany Nichols at Brit Hilarious on them Twitters. And this just, uh, I think it sums up nicely what's been happening uh, with the stock market, which we sort of briefly talked on at the start. And the tweet mm-hmm. says... 
drawing a straight line from the people that cornered the Animal Crossing turnip market to the game stockers. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we did have some pretty extensive discussion on the, the turnip market uh, hustlers uh, this time-ish last year, Nelly, mm-hmm. uh, when this was uh, this was peak Oh, Animal Crossing came out in March, right? So um, Yeah, a bit further yeah. down the line, but yeah. Close, 10 months, 10 <laughs> months earlier. But uh, yeah, just um, like I don't even know how to begin to explain the the games, GameStop situation. Like there's so many cool uh, tweet threads and, and even just Reddit threads explaining what these, uh, these people on Reddit are doing and, and sort of unifying against the big corporate fat cats. But it's so cool to see because... Uh, GameStop and even AMC, like there was fears that both of these companies were dead men walking for all intents and purposes and were potentially looking to file for bankruptcy, especially AMC, like yeah. no one can go to the movies. And now with this, this you know, Robin Hood-esque rallying, but not the Robin Hood stock market app because that's in the shit too because they, they, they closed it down to, yeah. and tried to restrict trade. Yeah, there's there's new life, and they're talking now about these these companies that are going to prosper due to these rogue redditors unifying and banding together to to get these stock market prices back up and, and make these businesses a future success. But it's it's crazy, Miss Hart. It's been a crazy week in wild. the trade world. It's been interesting though, because like I myself have just learned a whole bunch of stuff about stock just because you know I've wanted to kind of get a basic idea of how this started, why it happened, why is it apparently bad to the uh, hedge funds and whatnot. So, you know, we all learn something when these kind of situations happen. It's important to stay educated and informed, though, because they are worried about some people who kind of just jumped in for the sake of it without actually understanding how stock markets work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But yeah, it's been a very interesting week learning about it. And I did like this tweet. And there's been actually a few tweets that have kind of like linked it up saying, yes, it makes sense that people like gamers who were already familiar with a, you know, turnip stock market in Animal Crossing and how they've used that to, you know, then proceed to boost up the GameStop, you know, uh, stock. So I thought yeah, that was it's, very it's, funny. It's great to see. And um, there's so many cool. Cool ways to explain it. I think my favorite one I had a chuckle about was talking about like I've retweeted a, a Taylor Swift comparison thread to how <laughs> this all works and whatnot. Yeah. And it was just just cracking me up. But if you are getting in on this or stock trading or crypto or whatever, only put in what you can afford to lose. That's the biggest thing. Mm. Uh, you know, Don't throw your entire life savings at these things without doing your due diligence and ensuring that you're going to be okay if this thing goes belly up because there's a lot of risk in this type of stuff and that's that's why some people do it because there is that thrill of playing right to the knife's edge and then getting out before shit collapses and this stuff can change in an instant so just be very careful Mm -hmm. with the money you're throwing in these situations and whatever you're throwing in just be just be willing to say goodbye to that money because there's a chance it could could stop and just plummet instantly five minutes afterwards and you could be without that cash you just thrown in there so you just need to be aware and accepting that it could go south and probably will go south so you just gotta you know you got to kenny rogers you gotta know when to hold him know when to fold him know when to walk away know when to run and that's uh that's something that i've been learning with uh with my crypto experiences that's for damn sure when you're sitting at the table it's one of the best i love that song so much (laughs) 
I actually really adore that song. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's got so many great little life lessons you can mm-hmm. take away from just just the, those lines alone. Like, you know, be like Kenny Rogers, be like the gambler. <laughs> New releases and events. All right, a smattering of releases coming out this coming calendar week. Uh, we're getting uh, Neo Two: The Complete Collection, Neo Two Remastered: The Complete Collection, uh, and we're also getting the Neo Collection all dropping at the uh, February fifth. Uh, we're getting Kinetic Edge on the PC on February the 5th as well. Uh, Werewolf, The Apocalypse, Earthblood, just Ooh. rolls off the tongue, coming out on February the 4th on every platform. Blue Fire on the Switch and PC on February the 4th. Uh, and then on February the 2nd, uh, the sort of enhanced edition of, of Control for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S. And Destruction All-Stars uh, on the PlayStation 5, one of the announced launch exclusives that I actually bought and then they pivoted and said, oh, it's actually going to be free via PS Plus. Managed to obviously cancel my pre-order, get all my money back, so that's okay. But that's coming out on February the 2nd. Free PlayStation 5 exclusive title. Uh, the fact they're giving it away for free, I don't have the highest of hopes for that little ditty, but uh, no. yeah, Couple of couple of games that you know what we're old is now new in Neo Two and Control, and then uh, a couple of other games. There's you know nothing. I'll be throwing some cash out this week because mm. I'm gonna get the medium finished. Uh, I'm gonna maybe play a bit of uh, League of Legends with you maybe this week. Yes, yes. I've been kind of you know poked, stabbed, hit over the head with a brick by NATO about playing LOL. So um, yeah, but for, you know, full disclosure, he's you know going out there and taking the time to teach us all and take him on un- take us under his wing so i do appreciate that i only recently just figured out that there's only you can only download it off the riot launcher or yeah, something so, cuz i was like client. looking That's... for it on steam i was looking for it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like where is this damn game it's so popular but yeah just make sure once you've downloaded it when you're setting up your profile just make sure you set it as oce not North America. Oh, yes. I know you'd naturally probably go in a now because you're over there, but there's no there's no cross pollination with oh, those regions, okay. and, and mine automatically set me up as NA, and I couldn't play, so I had to delete the account and build a new one, and it's the oh, whole thing. There's wow, no yeah, there's no really realm transfers at the moment. Ooh. Yeah, okay. you used to be able to transfer across the realms and the regions, but they've closed that down for now for I don't know what reasons, but uh, yeah. No can do right now. But uh, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of episode 226 of THG. Anything you want to say before we close down the studio for another week? No, I think that's it. Um, You know, everyone stay healthy, stay happy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I was happy, healthy, debatably, the past week or so. Uh, For anyone that's probably been following on my Instagram stories, if not, obviously, at Brennan Apebit on them socials. Uh, the giant lemon meringue pie, I didn't finish it in time. Uh, I got down, there's maybe an eighth of the pie left uh, come come expiry date and I just couldn't do it because that last day of, of quote-unquote goodness of the pie on the expiry date itself, by then the, the crust didn't really have its crunchiness Not anymore. It was starting soggy. to get a bit soft and soggy and I'm just like, you know what? It ain't worth it. Sorry, Roberto's fantastic pie, but... I can't do it. So that I had a to, lot of pie. It was every night I was having a slice, just chipping away, just chipping away, and it was delicious, but it was tough. I love lemon meringue pie, though. It's my God, so it's one of my good. favorites. It's so good. It's a pain in the ass to make, but it's rewarding. I freaking love it. Yeah. 
yeah it's 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 one of my favorite desserts and and this one from roberto's was phenomenal like it's one of the best ones i've had in god knows how long so uh yeah shout out to those guys and girls uh bacon behind the scenes but yeah one family pie could not do it in the in the week time frame sadly it had beat me but uh maybe i'll get back on that horse again later this year mm. take maybe. down a full pie maybe. or a full cake <laughs> but yeah this has been episode 226 8 bit nation thanks for your support see you next time much love and stay hungry You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I'm hungry now, but I'm not having pie for breakfast. Why not? I don't have any. Oh. <laughs> but I'm going to have a uh, YoPlay passion fruit smoothie yogurt thing. They're delicious.